There has been one large question in the last few weeks aimed at Democrat leaders like President Biden and Speaker Pelosi. Is a fetus baby pregnancy at 15 weeks a human life? Yes or no? In no case yet has anyone answered this question. They deflect with, I believe in a woman's right to choose, or the president believes that all women should have a choice, etc. As a biology teacher, here's why they don't answer that question. Hello everyone, this is Will from Charlotte, North Carolina. Welcome to our brand new episode of The Missing Piece. Now, since Joe Biden became the 46th president of the United States of America, the nation is facing some toughest decisions regarding foreign policies. But meanwhile, domestically speaking, the issues around gender equality and life choices are also standing at the crossroads. The question that we really need to ask is why is the current administration being silent on such critical matter? And is the liberal agenda actually ignoring or even eradicating the key concept of human life? Or join our show today, it's Anthony Kinnett, and he's the science curriculum director of Indianapolis Public Schools and co-founder at the Chalkboard Review. Now, throughout his time as a science education major at Marathona Baptist University and his professional career teaching a variety of education levels, all things science-related. Now, Tony noticed a lack of one kind of much-needed input, the conservative input, and this led Tony to jump the feet first into the field of journalism and politics. Tony, welcome to my show. Thank you very much for having me on. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, let's get to the question. Again, I initially when I discover you on social media because you posted such a very inspiring and a passionate speech regarding the the matter or the topic on life values. And so in other words, can you share with us a little bit what prompted you at the first place want to share that video on social media and why do you think from your perspective it's so critical and so urgent to share that at this moment. So actually, uh, when uh, Speaker Pelosi was asked by the reporter what her definition of the beginning of life was and if a baby at 15 weeks was considered alive, that was actually a friend of mine, a colleague that I'd worked with and written with at Lone Conservative uh, by the name of Julia Johnson, very talented reporter. And she asked that question very specifically because uh, if you ask a foundational question, you can get clarity on whether we can agree on the foundations and then build up. We do this with all sorts of things throughout society. This is how you build a foundational system. That's what that means. And of course, Pelosi dodged the question. And then of course, later, uh, one of Julia's colleagues asked the same question to President Biden's press secretary, and the same thing happened. And the exact same kind of dodge was given. And I was a little steamed. Um, I of course, uh, run the Chalkboard Reviews mm. uh, podcast, The Teacher's Lounge. I do a lot of video stuff here, hence the setting. Um, and I was sitting at my desk and I thought, you know what? As a science teacher, as a biology teacher, I'm sick of people dodging this question because it's not a difficult question. Mm. It's not even something that's vague. It's not a gray area. It's not something that scientists have been debating for years. We know exactly when it begins. So I made the video, honestly, partly just because I was tired of people dodging 
one of the easiest questions to field from a scientific perspective. People need to watch it because they need to know the answer, just as you need to know what mitosis is, just as you need to understand uh, the difference between something that's prokaryotic and eukaryotic. It's a basic scientific fact. Well, Tony, but from your perspective, when you posted that video, again, I, I have to watch it several times before actually understanding the, the drive or the point from your um from your video but the second question is why do you think the administration today or even the liberals they're actually trying to avoid answering the question because you think that they are so afraid that the public are going to disagree that the answers that they might give or is it because this is the agenda they're trying to promote since administration took over I think it's a little of both. So the problem with uh, leftists and liberals in dealing with the pro-choice issue is that they can't unify on an actual point of contention. Because as soon as you unify on a point of contention as to when life begins, you can make illegal anything past when that point of life begins, mm. causing harm to that life. So even if you made the decision, okay, at six months, at seven months, it's a baby, that would by nature, outlaw late-term abortions. And again, that's why a lot of Democrat, liberal, leftists, depending on your label and definition, uh, make such a concerted effort to avoid answering that question. They can't answer the question. They can't even answer it in a much more liberal way than the scientific answer suggests, because as soon as you do, you necessitate a law being made. And of course, their entire premise that they're standing on is that no matter what it is, it's a woman's right to do whatever she wants to the child, which is a very strange case to say, but they refuse to be pinned down because if they are, it reveals exactly what they believe, which is nothing, strangely enough. Well, t Tony, it's so interesting that you're right, because if you listen to the soundbite or if you really actually pay attention to what they're saying, is they kept on using the word is women's right. It's they were saying my body, my choice. But, I mean, it sounds ridiculous they're actually doing that to show the respect to the women, but actually without understanding what they're saying, don't you think? And also, well, it's really, it, it's really quite a baseline comment. It's a common thing in politics to when someone asks you a difficult question just to say that you support the policy in general. So both the left and the right are, are guilty of this in education. Someone will ask something really difficult about education, and their response is, oh, well, I support education. I support teachers. I support parents. And it's very easy as soon as you get a difficult question just to say, oh, I, I support this broadline general policy that sounds really good. And uh, that's that's really all you need to know. And so, I mean, this is a really old trick. It's just being applied to pro-life and pro-choice issues because that's where the current difficult question for them to answer is. That's right, Tony. But again, let's shift the gear to the younger generations. And we know that today, politically speaking, the younger generations today in America are so vibrant and they are causing, how can I say, this political entire shift. Even not only the, since the election 2016, but even before that. And especially today, they seem to agree with a lot of things and what I call is blind spot. And I don't think they understand what they are actually supporting. So again, because they, you know, Tony, the better, the better way to put it is, they idolize certain figure so they will more likely to buy into the concept 
that they are they um that this this idols or this figures are actually promoting, but without actually doing research or without even digging deeper on some of the critical issues. Tony, you're an educator, and you've been teaching of different courses, and you're interested, in, especially from a scientific perspective. Now, I want you to talk with us a little bit. Is how difficult? Uh, excuse me. How dangerous? And how threatening this is continue for the younger generations to behave this way. Well, first of all, it's important to note where this originates from. So a lot of this comes from social media and Internet use. And I'm not trying to be the old fogey trying to scare everyone away from, you know, tech use coming from the guy with four monitors in front of him and a smartphone glued <laughs> to his hip. But it's important to note that in the modern social framework, children are isolated mm. and they're isolated whenever they feel any kind of social discomfort. Uh, many children, whenever they start to feel as though they're in a place in which they don't have anything in common with people around them, uh, they'll run online to groups that will welcome them in. So we actually saw this as a very interesting study done on uh, why the neo-Nazi movement appeals to so many people that are struggling with um, anxiety and depression. And it's because they're just a group, a horrible, horrible group mm. that welcomes anyone in. And then it, it's like a cult. They foster them. They welcome them. They give them all this love, this love and care and validation. And then as soon as you're in this group, you feel the need because they've given you that love and affirmation to parrot anything that they say. And anything that they say you take is truth at face value. You don't do any research. Suddenly, any research that starts to look a little like it would contest that view, you like holistically reject. And we see this on the right, on the left, on, in the north, in the south, authoritative libertarian. No matter what group you're in, that's the issue. The problem right now is that you have a lot of large left-leaning groups, particularly thinking of the uh, social media company Snapchat, mm. who sponsors all of these extremely radical uh, socially speaking groups to come out and print these very sexual-based articles towards minors. Mm. And of course – that strange it's it it's painted as affirmation it's really grooming it's really sick and disgusting but this priming of sexual affirmation uh, for a lot of the youth that we see really starting around late elementary early junior high is sucking all of generation z and i alpha following them into this kind of cult-like religious puritanical mm. following of the left and so that's why especially in issues of pro-choice People don't actually want to sit down and have a discussion about when that point of life begins because you're not actually assaulting the stance at which they currently believe the situation. You're assaulting their religion. Mm. You're assaulting their livelihood. You're assaulting the group that loves them and gives them comfort and strength and colors their hair the same way and and all you know use the exact same inside jokes and hates the same people. And it's really it's something that's not new. It's pretty much as old as the Internet. Well, Tony, since you mentioned social media, I want to share with you something I just find out this morning. Now, take huh. this. I know you're on social media, or you, um, of course, I mean, we're all, all on social media today. And one oh, of the right. popular... Unfortunately. Well, yes, unfortunately, I agree with you. But one of the popular apps today is called TikTok. So mm. actually, this morning, I read an article that a TikTok today, it's actually offering sex education content on TikTok, and there are more than 300 million followers worldwide to tune in this content. Again, believe me, Tony, I, I am a father of a daughter who is only nine months old, mm. and right now I am getting worried 
about the exposure of social media continue continue to down the drain. Now, with that said, I don't think I'm going to pinpoint this matter to younger generations, but I want to shift attention to the parents. Ah, uh, that's where I would go. You know, Mr. yeah. Lee, so, so Tony, let, yeah, let's talk about this a little bit. So, again, you know, combined with what you shared on social media initially, and also with this political liberal agenda. Why don't you think that the parents today, they are in this, what, what we called a stone cold, or even this, uh, um, how can I say this, in a stubbornness, with, even mm. refuse to educate that's, their that's children, well re refuse to have the conversation fairly and, and, and nicely, and even to be truthfully with the kids regarding everything going on, even the, especially the left liberal agenda trying to change the value of sure. human life. So I want to be clear. I think it's less about uh, refusal and stubbornness to have the conversations, and it's much more about laziness. Mm. And here's why. So starting with the baby boomers, uh, they inherited a society post-World War II mm. in which basically everything was great. And the greatest generation had come back from the war and were upholding all of these societal norms. They were engaging with civil rights. They were reforming the country to be a much better place. And they're doing all of the work. Mm. So the baby boomers come in and by and large, according to the data that we have, basically did a whole lot of nothing. They sort of upheld some of the moral traditions and the social traditions. They really didn't know why. The factory model of education is just pumping out new people. So they're just kind of going along with it. And they raised Generation X in front of, for the very first time, the television. The baby boomers set Generation X in front of the television. The television raised is Generation X. And Generation X, by and large, doesn't really pay attention to a whole lot of the way that this country works, why it works, why its people are valuable, why we should be having tough conversations with mm. our children, etc. It was socially unacceptable to have deep conversations because eventually you would figure it out on your own and eh, the country was good enough that it would make up for your flaws and errors. Then you get to the millennials. Then Generation X starts raising the millennials and they raise them directly in front of the TV That's all right. the time. That's right. Always from birth. And now all there's there's children's mm -hmm. program on the TV. It's basically teaching my kid enough and I can, you know, give them a look to make sure they're not doing anything really crazy in public. And they basically raise themselves. Now we're seeing millennials raising Generation Z and I Alpha. Oh wow. And shocker. You're, you're getting this compounding effect because really children haven't been raised properly as a whole in the United States for two or three generations now. No one's cared. It's been lazy. Everything's been hand-fed to you. Pan Am at circuses. They've had entertainment and food. So why, why would I bother raising my kid? They'll turn out okay enough. And that's really the issue. So I don't think it's parents refusing to have conversations with their kids. They just don't care. They don't have to. I mean, yeah, TikTok will do it for them. I don't really understand it. I give them a phone. I give them a tablet. And the, you know, screen addiction takes care of it from there. And my kid never cries or whines or is upset. They simply watch YouTube videos and then hop on TikTok and surf through whatever trend is put in front of their face. Mm. Well, you know, again, Tony, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm inviting you come to the show really to uh, discuss what you shared on social media. But I don't want to um, a poor all the uh, bad news or negativity into your <laughs> into your brain this morning but i really apologize for for jumping onto a different track no no i mean because i i really enjoy this conversation because just again not to be outdone but 2 weeks ago i actually had a one of another guest and he's from you know another education institutions and along with this conservative view and he shared with me as you and i we have discussed discussion if i'm not mistaken 
that one university, excuse me, one public school in America actually begin to offer a course. Take this. It's called pornographic literature. So in other words, they are using this literature content to allow kids to understand the whole sex education. Again, Tony, this is for me as a human being, as a as adult, and as a parent. This is outrageous. Absolutely. But let's get to the next question: Is today in America? I, I think it's like today we value so much about the word freedom, and、uh-huh. towards the younger generations. And we also give them something what we call independence. You know, we allow you to think, we allow you to form your own social groups, and we allow you to express yourself openly. Is that something really actually clean on the true meaning of liberty and freedom, or that is something that we're actually driving the opposite, the point that what we have initially in the Constitution? I think that's really the key: is that the using the term freedom and liberty just to grossly apply、um, to every single situation is not actually what freedom and liberty mean. And I I want to be very specific in in how I frame this.、Mm. So in in the concept of liberty, it's the idea that you as an individual who have The full responsibility of adulthood、mm. are able to make your own decisions, and parents are to grant the agency of liberty and freedom to their child as they are able to handle the responsibility as they grow up. You know why I don't let my toddler cook? Because they're not old enough to cook yet on the stove. That's right. You know, I don't want them setting themselves on fire. That's right.、Uh, I don't let a five-year-old drive, even though they want to drive. And I don't let them drive because they're not ready for that freedom yet. You know what? Teenagers are not ready to have all of the freedoms regarding sexuality. They're not. Their brains aren't fully developed yet. They make a lot of stupid decisions. And I know because I was a teenager who made stupid decisions. And everyone else who was a teenager, by and large, whether in secret or in public, <laughs> made really dumb decisions. That man, I'm glad didn't stick around. And when we start. Granting liberty because it sounds like a really cool word. That's right. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to pin the right against its own its own presuppositions. I think that we're making a really huge mistake, and that saying, "Oh well, children should just be free to choose and do whatever," is really very. It's a really dangerous thing because children are also really susceptible,、mm. and it's very easy to walk up to a child and say, "Hey, you should do this," and then the child makes a decision thinking that they have, by freedom, made that choice. That's right. But in reality,、right. it's a very terrible and dangerous situation. That was actually the whole moral of the second half of Pinocchio. Is that the island of lost boys? Is this group of young men that wants to smoke? Have sex and drink, and so they go off to this island where they're sold into slavery, and that's really what we're facing today in our society. It's just a very different form of slavery that we're selling our children into. That's right, Tony. I can't really put it better than what you just did. Again, this is why it bothers me. As I mean, not only as a conservative host, but also as a, a young one of the younger generations, and try to have the conversation with the friends around me. And also, I'm I'm really getting tired of hearing hearing to say, this is not the country where I want to live because I could not do A B C and D, or this is the not the country that you know used to be great, or this is not the country that I acknowledge because my rights and so called my rights are being violated or my freedom being violated, but w- without actually understanding the word of liberty or without actually understanding the word of Freedom, but Tony, I know your time is very valuable. Let's get to one more question. 
again, let's go back to this human life and this life meanings. It's right. rather difficult, Tony, to have someone who's actually pro-choice. I mean, I don't want to tell you how many rallies as a journalist that I actually attended, just cover the news or cover the stories. People are screaming at each other. They are, you know, holding rallies and town hall meetings and standing in the White House to scream at each other to the government to say we need to do something because they are not honoring ourselves or they are not giving us mm. what we deserve. So, Tony, again, from from a science perspective and from a moral perspective, how do you think that we should have a decent conversation with people who are actually pro-choice? And meanwhile, we're trying to say, hey, listen, we, we need to hear each other out. But this is something we really need to discuss in, in a more in-depth way and not just scream at each other and not just using the profanity towards each other. What's your take on this? I think that first and foremost, you need to make sure that you're in a conversation with someone who's actually willing to dive deep into the conversation with you. Mm. Uh, I think that a lot of times in modern society, and you see this in academic papers a lot, someone will write 18 pages and say nothing. And you can have a conversation with a colleague and you both can basically say, this is what my political beliefs are, my personal beliefs. And then they'll say the same when you go your separate ways. If you're actually willing to dive in and have a personal conversation, my advice is start from the bottom up and start from the bottom up in a kind manner. So you need to universally agree with that person on certain fundamental truths. So if I was going to prove to you that there was a table in the room, I would start by explaining the verifiable foundation of what a table is, mm. what a room is, and what it means for an object to be inside of a place. Then by using those three definitions, I would confer to you, therefore a table is in the room. If I'm going to have a conversation with someone who's pro-choice and convince them that what is inside the mother is in fact a child, I would start by defining when a life begins, mm. what creates a human life, and then also I would start by agreeing on what is and isn't something like a parasite or a lump of cells and what that means. And I think the most important thing to remember at the end of this is that you're most likely not going to have someone go, oh, you're right. I'm totally pro-life now. It doesn't happen like that right. most of the time. Right. And you may just give them something to think about. And by the way, that's great. Some of my greatest uh, truths that I've come to in educational experiences have come because a colleague or because a book that I was reading uh, presented something to me that was dissonant to mm. perhaps the narrative that I was used to. And it took me some time to go think about it and, and rationalize it and, and reason with it and eventually come to a different conclusion than I had arrived to originally. Mm. Well, Tony Kennett is the co-founder of the Chalkboard Review. And also, again, if you want to follow, social, uh, follow Tony on social media, please try to find him on Twitter. And again, I believe you are not going to be disappointed and you're going to be enlightened by what Tony is going to share on social media. Tony, thank you so much for being on my show. It's been a pleasure of talking to you. Thank you so much, Ming-Fei. I really appreciate it.